to do with the bullies, and we had that little bit of an edge where uh, the spanking thing, where a vet was going to spank me and all. And it was a, the, the, the joyous part of the show, you might remember, uh, friends, here. Well, here, listen to this point here. Here's, here's an eye-opener for you. Uh, studies show here, and they're do- documented here, approximately 25% of school bullies will be convicted of a criminal offense in their adult years. I mean, you know... So if 25% of bullies end up committing crimes, then there, there's something wrong to start with. But the point is that if we're not, back to the how do we rehabilitate these people and what do we do to the bullies, but we're talking like a lot of them go on to be criminals, they're saying. That's pretty much an eye-opener, isn't it, ladies? And she writes, I'm struggling to stay in this world because everything just touches me so deeply. I'm not doing this for attention. I'm doing this to be an inspiration and to show that I can be strong. (laughs) I did things to myself to make pain go away because I'd rather hurt myself than someone else. Haters are haters, but please don't hate. Although I'm sure I'll get them, I hope I can show you guys that everyone has a story and everyone's future will be bright one day. You just gotta pull through. I'm still here, ain't I? She was still there until about a month after she wrote this note. She took her life? She took her life. The big question on everyone's mind, it's a gender thing, or is it? World peace, religion, sex, money, politics, climate change, big business, big ideas, and big egos. Nothing is off limits. As I'm joined by some of the most accomplished and highly opinionated women from the far left, the far right, and the far reaches of the planet. This is Malcolm Out Loud, and you're listening to Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. Well, as we were sharing with you in part one of this special episode on bullying, it's it's an epidemic in some cases, and it's not impacting just, you know, the young people. It's not just impacting seniors. It impacts people of that age. It impacts young people. It impacts everybody. And there are a lot of reasons why. We're going to discuss some of that, but there are two terms I want to bring to your attention. What we call bullyvention, and really the prevention of some of this, and then bully side. And bully side is sort of a new term. And it's when bullying has got to the extreme case in point and that person has committed suicide. And that's, that's uh, it's pretty unsettling when that happens. Like in the case of Ashanti Davis in Colorado. Well, this young girl had the courage to confront her bully when the fight was videotaped and someone uploaded it to a social media application. Again, it's where these apps get a lot of kids into trouble. Well, her parents were telling reporters this whole story now. She obviously, this young girl, felt shame and devastated after seeing this app that somebody loaded up there to be mean and vindictive to her. And after it was posted, she decided to end her life, and she took her life. (laughs) All from that. And another case of a 13-year-old, Rosalie Avila. Well, her bullies relentlessly called this teen out in California ugly and made fun of her because she had braces. 
Now, of course, a lot of us had braces as kids, and of course, they're not the most pleasant looking, but they're not the worst either. And, but I guess they really tormented this young girl. Her father, Freddie, told the news folks that one bully even posted a video on social media of Rosalie sitting by herself at school as she was taunted, and they taunted her badly. Well, Rosalie cut her wrists because of the bullying, and she took her life, and she commented on that in a diary. Now, friends, these are cases where their parents never thought it would happen to them. Their friends never thought it would happen, but isn't that always the case where it happens to somebody where you don't think it's going to happen or somebody maybe, you you know, you don't see them doing that, but it's they're being tormented. Bullying is a real big problem. And I think a lot of people have gone through bullying in different ways of their life. And, and, it's, and, it, and it's something in life where the kids are acting out and they're taking their lives in different ways. It's an important, important conversation. We're going to have it here on Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Pleasure. It's Malcolm Out Loud here. Our co-host today, Yvette Taylor, is here with us. She's the creator of the Energy Alignment Method and Transformational Mentor from the U.K., Dr. Faye Wilson is here. She's an author, inspirational speaker, ordained minister, underdog advocate from Arkansas. Jenna Smith, psychotherapist, she's coach, human being expert, and she's from Canada. So we're coming to at you from all over the world. And uh, so this is the second part of this conversation, ladies, that we want to make people aware of the dangers and what's going on. Because listen, if this show can, again, save some lives or at the very least inform people about the dangers of it, then we've certainly done our job here. Now, in the cases of what I say to you about Ashanti and Rosalie, those are real cases. One was 10, one was 13. You know, what I do recognize is that the pressure of being a teenager is serious. I see my own two at 14 and 15, and sometimes they walk into the room, Jenna, and I see my daughter, and you think the sky is falling. And, of course, mm-hmm. their problems to us are like, like, what's the big deal, you know? I mean, like, like, is it really a problem? And it's funny how a problem at that moment of time in our lives, even as adults now, it, what we don't realize a lot is that a lot of the stuff will never happen in our lives, and a lot of the fear that's placed is just fear, and a lot of it yeah. will pass. And we often don't realize that, Jenna, and we don't get by it, and then it's like this real problem. And then, But when you're 15 years old, and you think you don't have a life because you've been humiliated or taunted or videos are out there online or cyberbullying that are taking you down or something else. And that's like the end of the world to a 15-year-old, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, they don't have the mental capacity to, to see into a possible future. And then they don't have the life experience to boot of, oh, that happened. I got through it. I have confidence and resilience now. That really is all so real and so pervasive and never-ending. Hence the hence the leading to options like suicide. I mean, that's a long, drawn-out picking away and eroding somebody's sense of self in the world that leads to that. But, but yeah, they don't see any other way out. And then they do the ultimate, and they think that's somehow going to, uh, I guess, well, it takes them out of that quick moment of pain, doesn't it, Jenna? Yeah, well, the the extremely large moment of pain, but yeah, <laughs> it's so big that the only way out is okay. Well, if I if I'm out, if I leave, then that's the only way to end it. That's their their thinking. That's where the mind eventually goes, and then it becomes a fixation. And then the relief, which is interesting, the relief of oh, what if I just ended it all? Then there's a, a wave of relief that comes over. So um, when 
that happens, that's actually very dangerous because that's when, okay, that's then I'm going to go as human beings, we go towards pleasure, right? So in all of the contortions of the amount of pain that they're in, that makes sense to them. I would say anybody being picked at every day, seeing no way out that that becomes like anything. And mental disorders are often misunderstood. There can be chemical um, disorders that cause those pains, but there's actually things happening in their lives. I would say when you have a, a genuine sense of self mm-hmm. through parenting, through community work, through all those things that make human beings thrive, your resilience is very different. And then you've also got different natures that, that there's, there are very sensitive people. They'll be, they'll, they could either turn into an addict or their sensitivity is so big that they need to numb it. So they'll turn into an addict or something like that, or they can turn into a brilliant artist or speaker or something where they use that energy and they make it for good. So it really depends on those foundational building blocks and then someone's nature, how sensitive are they? Um, Are they a fighter or are they just going to feel like, okay, the best way out is out? So there's a lot, there's a lot of factors to things like this. All right, let me ask you this. With bullying ladies that happen before, and even before it gets to a bully side situation where that, that person has taken themselves out, what about the bullies? What about the bullies, Dr. Faye? Do we, what should society do to those people? Now, when I say that, I mean, listen, this could be a 15-year-old, Dr. Faye. This could be a 25-year-old. It could be somebody mm-hmm. else in some other point of life because people are bullied in all kinds of ways, you know, in all kinds of things. What do we do? What do we do about the how does society shame the bullies? I'm asking. I don't know if we can shame them, except that we have to acknowledge that the bullies do have an issue, that they too may be a victim, and victim victimized people typically turn around and victimize other people, abuse people, will sometimes abuse other people. So we have to at least target them in a way that we can reach out to them and build a bridge so that they can feel safe enough to come and confide, whether it's in the, with the school counselor or a pastor or one of the teachers, or if the parents have closed the doors, there has to be something else in the community where uh, we have we have support groups for a lot of things, a lot of different issues. And maybe we should look at having a support group for bullies, people who feel that they may hurt other people, children who feel that they may hurt other people and incorporate that, too, in, in our uh, schools or in our academic settings uh, around this country. So we have to look at bullies as also possibly being victims. I agree. Mm-hmm. Do you really? Wow. And and I bet you agree with that too, Yvette, don't you? Yeah, I mean, exactly as Dr. Faye just said, and, and I was ch- chiming in on so many things that Jenna was sharing as well. For me, it's it's not really about seeing them as, you know, like the naming and shaming. Very often it does come from a place of pain. I know we talked about this a little bit in part one, but it's usually down to that bully's own own insecurities or, you know, lack of confidence or that's the only way for them to claim their power. And so for me, it always comes back to the beginning of everything. What What's going on with someone's energy? What's happening with the way they're thinking? What's happening with the way they're feeling? Um, and that's on both sides for, for the bully and the person who's being bullied. Um, it all comes down to ensuring that people are emotionally intelligent and, and having that knowledge and that those skills to be able to manage what's happening in life in general um, not waiting until it gets to that point that you know someone's ready to take their life that's not an overnight decision you know the, there are lots of 
things that would have needed usually needed to happen for it to get to that point that someone's ready to make that choice it's not usually something someone would just decide to do in a moment um and there are so many times that we could have had an intervention before then um if only we were able to recognize that or encourage the children like dr Faye said to step forward um and say that you know they need help well, shouldn't the education system do more? I mean, couldn't they do more in that regard? Because I think a lot of schools avoid the topic and they don't really bring it up and they're not teaching it in the way that it should be handled in the school system, I'm saying. So shouldn't the schools do something more? And, and you know, I know I remember on a, a previous show, too, we were talking about a lot of prevention, uh, preventive measures in the schools. I forget what the topic was. I know one or two of you were on that show where I recommended there should be something in the education system to address that. I don't think we're talking about real life enough in school is what I'm addressing to you now. I don't think we deal with real life stuff in a real proper way in school. I think people tend to avoid that, ladies. Uh, anybody agree with that? I, I, I oh, yeah. agree. Yeah, because most, most parents uh, leave it to the school and schools many times leave it to the parents. So exactly. there's not Absolutely. yeah. So there's not that communication like I was we were talking about I think it was this show, Malcolm, actually. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. And we were talking about, you know, the parents teachers association and having that relationship and building that bridge or rebuilding it to make it a a community again. It takes a village to raise a child. It's not the school's fault. It's not the home fault. It's everybody who's an adult in that child's life owe that child the responsibility to listen. I mean, the opportunity to listen, have an open door policy. I totally believe that. I don't care whose kid it is. If they're in my presence, I have an open door policy. I want to hear what they have to say and I want to respect what they have to say because every voice matters to me. Every child matters to me. Uh, You think about what bullies actually bullies typically don't come up in a child's life or in a person's life whether it's your employer your employee could be a bully bully uh, they don't normally just come and just start pushing or shoving their words that accompany that it's not just the physical it is the verbal abuse that follows it calling you calling the child names or calling the other person names uh telling them that they're, they're i don't know why you were born or you know or you're worthless why don't you go kill yourself You know, those type of words that go deep and words can go very deep. And if you hear that every day, Mm. you're being being reprogrammed and don't even know it. Yeah, it's not that's not a mental illness. That's that's just anyone could be susceptible. Any anyone. That's why some of the brightest children in the classroom can end up in that place. Because they have totally been reprogrammed and they could have come from a home that was, you know, a strong Christian's faith, belief and, and had systems in place that somebody yep. most people would most people would say, oh, I can't believe it. They were such a good kid. They did all of the right things. They never gave me any problems, et cetera, et cetera. But at the same time, they were being re- reprogrammed uh, in another system because the bullies have their own system. They they run in packs like dogs. Yeah. They they run together, and they're the popular what kids call the popular kids at school, um, and they they are allowed to get away with certain things. And they they have a system so strong, in fact, that they cover each other very well. Mm-hmm. Well, don't yeah. they use it as a form of entertainment for themselves? Isn't that the key? I, they do. They do. Because one of the things I know, when you disempower people, disempower them, you weaken their system. So mm-hmm. when others, 
when other kids can see and be educated. But remember now, the, the reason these kids um, tie in with this relationship with the bully is because they're trying to identify and they don't want to be the object of that horror. So yeah. they go they go along to get along. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I see a piece of information here. I just did not know this, but I find it interesting. You, you, you all may know this. I didn't study this, but Scientific American. Did you see that article published in Scientific American? I so, don't know. Scientists <laughs> found that the origin of bullying comes from animals. Mm. Wow. Oh, that makes sense. Well, I guess. In fact, bullying-like behaviors are found in every major group of primates and can sometimes be very severe. Among baboons, one of the best-known non-human primates in the world, bullying-like behaviors are very common. Hmm. Guess we're not too different than the animals after all, are we, ladies? Huh? No, we're not. And that's the when we were speaking. I don't remember what show, but about elevating up. And actually, I think it was about dating or um, abusive relationships or something. But that uh, oh, sexual assault and uh, harassment, and that that when you are animalistic in nature, and then you're in packs, and then you, you you just go reactive, and it's all very primal, and you're not using your frontal cortex, you're not using your fully formed human brain. It is just a, a hamster wheel effect. Get up, think these thoughts, do these things. This is my normal. Oh, all of the rest of the clan, so to speak, or tribe or species is like, this is okay. So then it's okay. You know, that's why I said, whenever we have these conversations, I keep bringing up the people witnessing because you think about <laughs> all of those numbers, when you look at the actual numbers of mm. people and if they rise up and say, you know what, we don't think this is okay. Mm. What, could actually happen in those instances. It would blow it all up. Mm -hmm. Right. That's well said. So we, That's well yeah, said. Yeah, how do we create that condition that students have the courage to do something like that? I mean, there's so many things of what are the solutions in the education system. Everyone's so busy. Everyone's just doing what's in front of them. Everyone's just doing what they did the day before, the decade before, because that's what they do. And we need these innovative thinkers in these places of influence and power making changes. Well, that, that capture what you just said. That that is huge. What you just said because that's a problem with society. And you're right, Jenna. Yeah. You see, we're all caught up in the moment to moment of life. As I say, I really believe this. And what's happening is a lot of the things that you know we're not really paying attention. A lot of the times, I like to step out of a situation, Jenna, and I like to look back in from what I call thirty-five thousand feet. I actually do that. Believe it or not. Even when I'm in a room, when I was uh, younger, I used to do a lot of networking as a young man, you know, and I would be in a room with all these great people and be networking, you know, and stuff like that. And yeah. I was, I had the capability of stepping out of the room, look, not in my mind now, I would still be in the room clearly. Okay. But you know, I would step out of the room in my mind. I would look back into the room and sort of survey the, the surroundings and the circumstances and the people and what exactly was going on. And I was able to capture that moment uh, and I can still remember some of those today, even those moments of time. Mm -hmm. And and I kind I kind of call that stepping back at thirty five thousand feet and looking at a situation. And sometimes even within regular conversations, I tend to do that. And I do it to kind of appreciate and understand and respect the moment. I don't know why that is, but it's have it's kind of doing what you just said though, which I really appreciate. It's it's being respectful of the moment, but it's being respectful of time. And it's being mm. respectful of the fact that everything sort of matters in every moment of time. There's a purpose mm. to why we're here today. I, I find it very unique, ladies, in this way here that 
you can never replace that moment in time. And isn't it great if you can know that you want to make that as special as possible? Because you're with some really, you know, you know, whatever it is, ladies, whatever the moment is, there's something to that that drives as a mechanism into me to always make me appreciate what is really going on at that moment. Your ability to perceptively shift like that, Mm -hmm. again, that more higher cognitive ability Mm -hmm. is rare. Is rare, and that was great to teach, right? Like the, in a lot of the shamanic traditions, they use their perceptive mm. abilities. There's right here and now, but then there's also the journey state, and your the ability to yeah. look at things from all of the angles of reality yeah. uh, is not taught. <laughs> it's definitely not right, even right. welcomed when we right. talk about people avoiding change. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. doozy, <laughs> you know. Well, Jenna, what it does, it, Jenna, what it does, love, is it empowers me. You see, now yeah, I, 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 it empowers me and to help other people. But I was always really, really good. I was a star, star salesman. Even as, even as a young boy, I was able to knock on a door and sell anything. I could sell like, the, you remember that saying they used to say you could sell ice to the Eskimos, you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is kind of where I got my speaking and my ability to connect and communicate with people. But it really is being able to step out of a situation, assess the situation for what it is, and then step back into it. And when I say that, and I know, Jenna, you can appreciate this. I know you can, too, Yvette, because you, do, you both do this for a living within yeah. the, psychoanal- the psychoanalyst you do of the situation and people. But you think of the empowerment of that because it puts you in an empowered position to be able to understand your contribution to whatever is going on at that moment. So I find it very, very interesting. In the case of bullying, and in the case of all of this, I'm saying... If we could be more aware, when you say be aware of the situation and being aware of the people around you, and that sometimes somebody's moment is a massive cry for help. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you may not be aware of that as to what that cry for help is. Because I missed one in my own life, ladies. I missed one. We did a show on suicide, and I, I revealed that to all of you out there. I missed one with one of our dear, dear friends on the platform. Jenna, you were on that show with me. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember. And you remember I got a little outraged and you said, you, you are, you are in pain. You, you hit, you hit it head on. You're, you're, mm-hmm. you're, you're always smart. You are, but you know, <laughs> you hit it head on. You said, you know, the, the anger was pain Yeah, and I missed some signs that I wish I had seen, but I didn't hear her call for cry. She, she took her life. You know, mm-hmm. she, she, she took her life and I speak about her all the time. She's sort of with me all the time as a I learned a lot from that situation, Jenna, and from her itself. I'm speaking of Kelly Murphy, who Iron Man Kelly Murphy, who was a host on America Out Loud. And uh, I honor her memory by talking about her mission and what she's done consistently for these reasons. Uh, it's, it's impactful. It just gives me such pause in my life that I think about life in these terms, friends, out there. And I just want to remind each of you to just count your blessings every day. Just know the beauty of life and and the people around you. There's something bigger to this story. And there's a reason Mm -hmm. we're all here. And there's a reason we're here today with you as well, because we're part of the, the lessons of life that we're trying to do here in America Out Loud. I have a couple of interesting points that I find very fascinating that we talk about the children who are doing this, which I know you say, well, they're, they're victims too, probably, or they're being hurt too. Sure, I, I, I guess so. But some of them probably need to be put over your knees and given a spanking to as well, ladies. I'm telling you that. But who or are that's sh- what's happening to them, and then they're bullying. Oh, God, so. thanks for that. Yeah. All right, so, <laughs> well, I didn't say, I guess there is a point to that, isn't there, Jenna, huh? Yeah, well, if that's the knee-jerk reaction, you're just speaking of society's norms. 
Uh, but then what do we do with them, Jenna? <laughs> Empower them and te- teach them yes. how to be. Yes. Te- it's them. not, if we try and punish right. people, right. we are only playing into exactly the same story as Jenna just said, as, as the way that people are trying to control the world in the first place. And and that's all this is, is an expression of control. All right, you ladies, control. you ladies are, I, I'm going to pause a moment here, but you ladies are teaching me all the time. You are teaching me constantly. You know that. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm kicking and screaming sometimes, right? <laughs> I'll bet you across my knee, Malcolm. Exactly, Yvette. Yvette. And, and, you know, you probably could and said, now you will learn, you will understand, young man. I know, Yvette, you know. I got an interesting uh, chart here. I don't know if you've got these, you ladies got these from Tamara or not, but the children that are more likely to bully others. Did you all see that by chance? The children that are more likely to bully others. Fascinating, fascinating bullet points on this of the kind of children that are bullying other children. Because I want to know who they are. I want to identify them. Anyways, we'll pick that up and we'll pick up also Yvette Spankin' Malcolm right after this pause. The goal is to deliver a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world to unite people from all backgrounds and beliefs in an effort to advance humanity. News blogs, informative podcasts, and entertaining videos. It's AmericaOutloud.com, where the conversation never ends. With 24-7 streaming on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. Uh, We are back, friends, light and liberty in the pursuit of pleasure. We're here with Yvette Taylor, Dr. Faye Wilson, Jenna Smith, and uh, we're talking about bullying. This is a two-part production we are doing to really try to circle the wagons here. And as uh, before we broke, of course, we're talking about, you know, well... (laughs) Not being a bully to the bullies, I guess, is what they're telling me. You know, those are my words. I don't know if I have them right or not. But Jenna and Yvette about knocked me in the head when I made that comment before the break. And Yvette said she wanted to spank me herself. Now, I know you all would love to see that out there. Yvette, explain yourself, please, better. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the intention of my message. It was... It was- <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, in exact... In res- my brain needs to be re-engaged. I've got thoughts of spanking Malcolm. I think that's decon bubbled you. I think <laughs> I think we've frustrated you entirely, young lady. It's good. It's good. <laughs> so, my point being exactly as Jenna was just sharing, like we we can't we can't expect to solve this by doing exactly the same thing that we're telling them not to do. And it, I mean that's basic kind of conscious parenting, one hundred and one. You know, we can't expect children to behave as we want them to unless we are demonstrating it and it comes back to the whole leadership piece of just parenting of demonstrating what we want people to do and how we want how we want them to be and educating them into being those people you can't use a stick you can't beat people you can't spank them you can't punish them into behaving now, I didn't say way. use a stick and beat them. Now, stop it. Now, you're no, taking it totally out. You it got just, me. It's, it's but that's of, what it leads it's to. A society, it's a society yeah. thing. Like, there's old paradigm, mm-hmm. which is based on fear, control, mm-hmm. um, power, you know, taking power from other people. Um, it's based on what you have and what's mine and it's mine and it's this and I can keep it and I'm going to hoard it. Or there's new paradigm. And if we want to see the change, not only in this, but in everything that we're wanting to see different in the world, 
we have to start living our life in the new way, in a base, basis of collaboration, of inspiration, of love, of peace, and demonstrating the values we want to see, not fighting against the things that are right now, because it's only going to create more of the same. Beautiful. So you're Beautiful saying check. love thy enemy is what you're saying? I'm saying love the pants off of your enemy and make them realize who they are and that they are lovable too. Mm-mm-mm. Wow, how do we do I, that? I, I agree with that. That is that is extremely powerful because everything produces after its kind. And that's a law. And it will always be that way. If I want people to be more loving, then it has to begin with my, with me. I have to allow that love that I want back to flow through me, whether it's in a child or whomever it is. If it's in my if it's in a person who has who is posing as my enemy and because they don't know they're posing as my enemy, then I have to reach deep within myself and allow the love that's in me through God to flow through me to that person, because I believe love is so powerful that it will shame even the most aggressive person that it will redirect them, that it will tame the savage beast inside of anyone if we can find that source of all love and rely totally upon it to 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 manifest through us. I think that there's different levels. Back to these levels that we keep talking about, I think that that's the ideal, and I wholeheartedly agree with everything you just said, um, Faye, and I know the the reverse of that is when I, even when I'm saying love your love your enemy, it's like in the moment, how do you do that? What you were just saying is that it has to come from us first. And so this isn't something that in the moment that you're like, I'm going to love you. Let me hug you while you're trying to punch me in the face. It's it, This comes down to that self-preservation, that part of us, that we've done that work on ourselves in the first place before we're in that situation. And, and that's that's the resilience piece. You touched on that earlier, Jenna, in, in emotional intelligence and resilience and instilling that in people and children from a tiny age throughout every step of their life so that, A, if in my world, the attract, law of attraction energy world, it probably wouldn't happen to them anyways. It wouldn't be in their energy. In a practical way, in, a, in the other world, it would... If they've got that confidence, that resilience, that emotional intelligence, that self-belief, and they've got that inside them already, if they even happen to come up against a situation like that, it will bounce off of them in a very different way. It wouldn't be something that they soak in and absorb because they've got that energy, that strength, that love within themselves to know that it's not true. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I agree. I really do agree. And, and I just want to give voice to the consequences of love in an unconscious world, because it is an inside job. But you look at Jesus and Gandhi and Martin Luther King and people that take those stands and be that change, the world does want to kill you. So there's a genuine backlash and there's a genuine human resistance to being that powerfully in that new paradigm love um, that I just want to give voice to because it's not like it's not easy and you could get hurt (laughs) you could get physically maimed like the mobs and the kkk and the demons in the world it's like and i don't mean demon demons i mean psychological demons but you know you look at the unconsciousness of the world and it's as i said malcolm and the other show these little kids are just reflecting the world at large you know when we're making fun of muslim people because of 9-11 because we somehow think that makes sense 
um, and vilifying people out there. It's, it's again, that collective thing, but there's a genuine consequence to taking that level of power on and then starting to teach that to a new generation. I genuinely don't know the answer to, but I think it does start with the willingness to even look at our shadow parts too. Where do we feel violent? Where do we want to punch that person in the face? And instead of being kind and happy all the time, at least accepting and, and bringing love to our own violence, mm-hmm. which is part of, I know, Yvette and Faye, I know that's what you mean. Mm-hmm. It's like if you have the violence within you, deal with your own violence. But I wanted to say that specifically for listeners, like mm-hmm. part of it is recognizing the animal in you that wants to take mm-hmm. that person down, stopping and having that moment of, hmm, what am I going to do here? And that's where God slips in the cracks. That's where conscious thought slips into the cracks. And that's where change starts to happen. I'd love to see mindfulness and gratitude programs really take off. And they already are in the schools. But, you know, like right in the classroom. And there's so many problems with that. Because mindfulness could look like um, non-Christian or non... There's all these... <laughs> There's all these hoops to go through to make everybody happy that I find so irritating. Like, yeah. <laughs> okay, if we meditate, that's not not Jesus. It's not, not you know, uh, it's like we're meditating to have a higher consciousness. It's not, it's so... It's not religious. Yeah. Religious, you know, like I'm not, <laughs> I was raised Catholic, but I, I believe in uh, everything that is love and truth, not dogma. Either way, the solutions are also being problematic because things like mindfulness and gratitude are being seen as as non-biblical and then therefore bad or wrong and then that's not being allowed into the schools and then too many people are trying to be nice and they're not getting to the core of the solutions which is what we were talking about here yeah uh malcolm you know we talk about we're talking about bully side and you know the the issues that have the suicides that have taken place and real people have died ages 10 to 16 have decided that they no longer wanted to live because of the mean and cruel things people have said to them and have done to them and one young lady amanda todd 16 years old who was bullied so at her school uh well it started with some uh pervert uh seducing her into exposing her breast and the it ended up on social media and all of her friends saw it everybody at school saw it and because she would not go any farther this what what was done to her and so she was she went through this and going from one school to another she was beaten up by another group of girls and she writes i'm struggling to stay in this world because everything just touches me so deeply. I'm not doing this for attention. I'm doing this to be an inspiration and to show that I can be strong. (sighs) I did things to myself to make pain go away because I'd rather hurt myself than someone else. Haters are haters, but please don't hate. Although I'm sure I'll get them. I hope I can show you guys that everyone has a story and everyone's future will be bright one day. You just got to pull through. I'm still here, ain't I? She was still there until about a month after she wrote this note. She took her life? She took her life. Mm, Wow. another, Another girl by the name of Angel Green she was being bullied 
in 2013. Here she is, 14 years old, learning how to become a woman, a young woman. She was called names like slut and whore and bitch. And she endured relentless teasing day after day after day. Her father was abusing her at home and she was going to school to be abused as well. So one day she decided, I know what I'll do. I'll get them back. I'll go hang myself at the tree where they all come to meet to get on the school bus. The note read, why did I deserve this pain? Have you ever thought about what you said to me, huh? Maybe not, because you killed me every day. You told me so much that I started believing it, and I was stupid for doing that. Every morning, day, night, I looked in the mirror and I would cry and replay the harmful words in my head. P.S. It's bullying that killed me. Please get justice. Mm -hmm. Well, these are profound stories you say. When the girl says get justice, it wouldn't wouldn't connect with what Yvette and that Jenna were saying earlier, that you are supposed to love those people and do other things. My point is, uh, the bullies being bullies, and we asked, okay, do they have a mental disorder? Okay, no, maybe, maybe not. All right. Do they have other problems? They probably have other problems. What are the other problems? Um, you know, and that's something to really isolate. But then what should happen to the bullies? I mean, do we just sit down and talk to them and tell them they did bad? Or do they, are there consequences for it? Should they be suspended from school? Should they be, should they be or is that being too harsh? Or, or is it, you know, see, this is the problem. And I don't think there are consequences for people. I think a lot of people blow this stuff off because of, I, I, on the flip side of what Yvette and Jenna expressed earlier, quite frankly, where there are no consequences. And you expressed it as well, Dr. Faye, quite frankly, all three of you did. And there are no consequences for the bullies other than you want to love them. And by loving them, I don't think that, I, I'm not sure what that solves. I think some people are just out of freaking control, ladies, period. There are, there are some consequences, yeah. Malcolm. What there are, are they? some con- There are some, and I know school districts that have implemented them Amen. very strongly. Amen. Zero, zero tolerance. That would be my school district, young lady, let me tell you. Yeah. Right if I was the superintendent yeah. or the principal, that would be my, you would not be doing that in my school district because you wouldn't be in my school district. You understand? Well, now, if that's yeah. horrific, well, that's too bad so sad yeah they are suspended and there is a zero tolerance for bully because they are they're cracking down on it because and sadly many school districts are also involved in lawsuits right now because of it and so they realized that they had to put some pieces in place what i was speaking of is you know it is ideal and we always hope for the idea we know what a perfect world would look like through our eyes, mm-hmm. but in the where we live every day, the day to day, it it takes. Uh, we have to have strategies in place in order to help people uh, change their behavior. Right. That's why we have laws. Yes. And I, get, I, I agree with that. Behavior. I do agree yeah. with that. Yeah. 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 But it's then what do you do with those kids once they're taken out of school? I I agree that they need to be taken out right. so that they don't affect or hurt anybody else. Right. But it's right. then what you do with them. Well, that, I agree after, with you now. After I, that, I, I, I understand. Redemption, give them a chance to redeem. Isn't going to help. No, I understand. Give them a chance to redeem themselves. I get all that, so on and so forth. 
they're just there's this fine line in life, ladies. You know, the old saying that we used to say an eye for an eye, which is taken out of context an awful lot. To, and Dr. Faye, you know that. Mm-hmm. Um, but but there's a, there's that saying that you know, uh, or the other saying that we used to say that do unto others as they do unto you, right? Or mm-hmm. and there's another saying I have, Doctor Faye, which I kind of uh, in my uh, in my uh, alternate universe, <laughs> what I say is there's a high road and a low road in life. I'm going to take the high road. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. Well, let's yeah. let's pause on the high road just a moment here. I've got some tips and some things I absolutely want to share with you. Or who these kids are, I find this a little fascinating. Let's talk about that on the other side. And I think one thing is we're at least making you think about this. And I'm trying to make you think about it. I I don't have all the answers, but I don't think leaving the bullies to continue to be bullies is part of the answer. I noticed Jenna's being very quiet. She's probably going to come back and hit me on the head on the other side of the pause. Hold it right there. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health, sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older. Until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. Award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. The Out Loud Perspective awaits you in life, love, politics, a healthy lifestyle, your faith, personal development, and living an out loud life on AmericaOutloud.com. Blitz your news and entertainment network where you can listen 24-7 on our free apps on both Android and Apple. Welcome to the new era in communications, America Out Loud Talk Radio. The stories are, they tear at your heart. I mean, you hear these stories about young people who've taken themselves out for one reason or another. In a lot of cases, it's, you know, something that could have been fixed or prevented. And, but, but let me tell you right now, I mentioned in the last pause, and I want to mention it right now. So who are these kids who do a lot of the bullying? How, how do we, how do we um, you know, find these kids? Who, who exactly are they? So here's what I'm finding that they're saying. They're kids that are aggressive or easily frustrated these are the factors that will leave the kids to doing bully they're you know aggressive kids they're easily frustrated they have less parental involvement or having issues at home i know a lot of parents who really think the school is going to raise their kids you know dr Faye mentioned that earlier but in passing but i think that's a major problem actually I think a lot of parents have left the schools to raise the children without even thinking another thing about it. I mean, they don't even think second time because they're busy uh, paying the bills, paying the electric bill, working, doing their thing. And they, you know, this becomes a a, a (laughs) non-priority. And, of course, it really is a priority. Another bullet on this list, thinking badly of others. Okay, have you know, the other day I got to share with you, my son said something 
that, uh, 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 and I don't remember where it was, but somebody that was doing something, he referenced them as a, um, you know, a word they use in the school system very casually. He referenced them as a, as a faggot or a homo or something. Somebody, he didn't even know who they were. And he said this, and I, I, I didn't hear it quite, and I said, what did you say? And he, sa- and he said it again, and I said, stop right there. I said, you do not even know that person, and why would you use that term? You have no business saying that. What right do you have to call that person that? That's baloney. Stop it. But this is what they learn in school, ladies. This is what comes out yeah. of the schoolyard. I mean, hello. That's part right. of the education that you just, so you know what? These kids are kids. So when they repeat something and then the parents like, you're an idiot for saying that word, <laughs> you know, to just educate, do you know what that word means? Exactly. That was the wood used to burn people because they weren't accepted. Like, wow. do you agree with that? That that's not okay, you know, then they can make their own choices. And so we need to also, you know, consider things like that. But you just nipped it in the bed. And you said, you know what, that's not okay. And that's, that's part of the, the whole thing that we're talking about. Jenna, and that's done all the time, what you just said. Uh, you're so right, love, where, where adults use the wrong words for the wrong occasion, right? 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 Well, I kind of attack them, right? Like, that's not okay, you know, and, and it's not and it should be emotionally significant. But it also we need to recognize their innocence because right. these kids these days, kids these days, I'm 35. It's so funny. I'm getting used to being an adult. Kids these <laughs> We're days. allowed to say that now. We're allowed to say I'm, that. I'm now. glad I'm you're saying, saying that. Like, these young kids. Kids yeah. these days, they are out of control, Jenna Smith. Go ahead. Well, they seem like adults. They see mm-hmm. they, they act like adults. They're right. maturing earlier. I mean, they're not mature. But to still educate them like they're in, in primary school to a certain degree of do you know what that means? Mm-hmm. You know, like, mm-hmm. oh, no, I don't, you know, they might be all moody and like, I don't know what it means, but, but whatever, <laughs> to just educate them <laughs> instead of chastising them would also be a good thing to do. Well, we tend to act out, ladies. We're act, uh, uh, kids I'm talking about. I, you know, I think back as a young man myself just moments ago, I stepped out of the room while you were all uh, in your conversation and remembered back as a kid when I was an idiot, you know, doing the kid things that kids do, you know, and thinking about yeah. that. And, you know, we've all had those dumb moments. Like another one of these bullets here, having difficulty following rules. Now, I don't really necessarily agree with that because I I don't bully and I've never been a rule follower in my life. Now, that's not to say I've not done some stupid shit, you know, but that's different than, you know, being a a bully here. And they're saying having difficulty following rules. They view violence in a positive way. Now, that bothers me a lot there. And that's something I, I, I really worry about with the kids. And I talked to you the other day about this, Dr. Faye. We were talking about the kids. They're using um, different things and uh, the, the videos they're watching and the TV right. and the movies and all of that. That's a, that's a problem with the violence and all. And, and so that's another problem, bullet, you know, in, in this. Thing. Having friends who bully others. So this is sort of some of the lists the experts put out. But, but listen to this. I, I'll, I'll say this and then let you guys tear this apart here. There are two types of kids, they say, that are more likely to bully others. And here they are. The first, some are well connected to their peers, have social power, and are overly concerned about their popularity, and likely to dominate or be in charge of others. The second kid is uh, they're more isolated from their peers and may be depressed or anxious, have low self-esteem, be less involved in school, be easily pressured by peers, or not identify with the emotions or feelings of others. It's a generalization, but it's... It's true. I was just, while I was sitting there being quiet, Malcolm, I was thinking how there's inner people, people use their energy differently. And Yvette and Dr. Faye, you were right on the same track with that. It's, there's the inner ones. When that, that young girl you're sharing, Dr. Faye, I hurt myself. So it, it doesn't occur to me either. I don't intend to hurt people. The idea of 
hitting somebody and hurting somebody doesn't work for me, but yet I'll like keep anger in and do things that hurt myself because I don't want to be mean to that person. So that's one nature. The other one that I was thinking about rehabilitation programs was a second thought is that the bullies don't know what to do with their energy. They have all this energy. They don't want to fall, you know, you just said all of these things and that's, you know, they're kind of obvious, but it's good to just kind of categorize them. But, but they, they, um, they don't know what to do with all that energy. Right. And if we taught them, like I would love to see more outdoor activities and more of um, whether it's government funded, church funded, like the school would be connected to the government and, and just really highlighting that those kids with the extra energy need an outlet and need an education mm-hmm. on what to do with that energy. Because right now they're using violence because I think that's all they know. No, I agree with you, Jenna. Uh, I mean, I totally do. But it really is about prioritizing one's life and it's finding the balance in your life. And that's a big challenge for adults is finding the balance in life. Mm-hmm. It still comes down to what those parents are, are doing and who they are and how they're showing up when they're with the kids because you're clearly, um, you know, different in, in the way that most parents would necessarily be parenting their children. But spending time with their parents may not actually be their answer if their parents are the people that are bullying them and putting them no, down isn't, and isn't that a great all of point? these other things behind them. It's like yeah. it, this comes down to us working with the parents and the children That's so true. and the schools. You know, I know yeah. we touched on this in part one, but it's not just down to spending quality time with your kids because for some for some kids they're probably better off not spending time. Oh, that's you know, interesting. That's, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't yeah. even yeah. thought of that. And you know, I think the coaches as well. Like I was just thinking about sports. Bullying is as rampant in sports, and then coaches are bullying. You know, there's just all of these things where it's coming from all angles. But that in in sports, those mentorships, basically for myself. The mentorships, the non-parents, the non-teacher, these sort of neutral third parties mm-hmm. were incredibly beneficial to my life. This random substitute teacher came in and, and did um, a theater class with him and he just saw me and he just was like, you're very talented. And there's just something that cut through. These third party mentors, I think, are so important mm-hmm. for developing young minds because it's not your parent that you, you're supposed to individuate and and want to not be them, you know, you're, you're supposed to naturally do that in some degree. And then you've got this cool person that you want to be or shows you another way. That's what I would love to see differently is like more programs like that, more money going into things like that, more people being trained efficiently to mm-hmm. be mentors, it, that, that it's, that it matters just as much as you said, Malcolm, I'm going to go and I'm going to be with my son that these programs really matter. They take away the the music, they take away the art, they take away all these things that we can mm-hmm. express our energy with, both mm-hmm. the ones in pain and both the ones inflicting the pain. If they're doing things like art and music and that's part of the culture, then, and it's cool, like, oh, I'm, I'm in my art class. And it, you know, that's those are all ways that they can reweave that basic humanity that's, that tells them this is wrong. That's the biggest problem. They're just broken from, this is wrong. What I'm doing right now is wrong. With the mentors, though, I, I feel like it's it's not it's not even about what they teach you. But in no. my experience of mentors, it's about who they are and totally. what you see in yourself from them. Mm-hmm. And that that's the part that I keep always banging on about is the leadership piece is it's not about what you say. It's not about what you tell someone they should be doing. It's about you demonstrating it yourself. And that for me, when I've had yeah. a mentor who's inspired me and mm-hmm. like you said, they reflect back and they see in you is you can only see in someone something that's within you. True. And mm-hmm. and 
they saw that in you because they have that and likewise you saw yourself in them so for us to be able to do this work with the children it's about making sure that those white people who've done that level of work or have that level of understanding and yes it starts with training first of all but they have to live it they have to live it breathe it be it to be able to demonstrate that and inspire the kids and young people and whoever anyone that's in that role of mentoring they have to be it it's not just it's not an analytical thing no absolutely children are extremely perceptive they know when you're just faking it they know know. (laughs) i got to say it yeah they know when you're authentic and when you're just trying to coerce them into doing something and they rebel against it big time when you're not authentic and they will go to the extreme. If you're trying to take them left and they want to, they're going to go as far right as they possibly can, unless you are actually that thing that you're trying to get them to become Mm -hmm. to modeling. The behavior is still the, the, the number one thing to do for a child is to model the behavior that you want them to have in loving and giving ways. And it's, it's still the right thing to do, whether the world is doing it or not, it's still the right thing for each person to learn how to allow that love to flow through them. Because as we do it and we start doing it on a a global scale of, you know, as much as we possibly can, we will see the changes that we want. We'll begin to turn the tide. We will. I I have to share this other big point with you before we're out of time, ladies. And it's this, Uh, let's listen to this back to the earlier point when we were talking about uh, what to do with the bullies. And we had that little bit of an edge where uh, the spanking thing where a that was going to spank me and all. It was a, the, the, the joyous part of the show, you might remember, uh, friends, here. Well, here, listen to this point here. Here's, here's an eye-opener for you. Uh, studies show here and they're do- documented here, approximately 25% of school bullies will be convicted of a criminal offense in their adult years. I mean, you know, so if 25% of bullies end up committing crimes, then there, there's something wrong to start with. But the point is that if we're not... Back to the how do we rehabilitate these people and what do we do to the bullies? But we're talking like a lot of them go on to be criminals, they're saying. That's pretty much an eye-opener, isn't it, ladies? Um, no. No, I, I, <laughs> I, I would guess that. I would, you know, without reading the stats, I would say, yeah, because it's, unless there is a change, unless something has happened mm-hmm. to, to change that behavior, why would it improve? Why will it shift? It's just going to become more dramatic. You know, instead of me pushing the guy down in the hallway, now I'm bucking up against the system. I'm Now I'm pushing cops. Now I'm doing other things. I still have that be- aggressive behavior inside. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so the bottom line is to rehabilitate the uh, bullies, um, which you know, and some parents, they don't even know or think their kids are bullies. That's the real odd thing about it, because they're not their par- parent and the kids anyways. They're not parents probably in most cases, not in all cases, but in a lot of cases, they're not. They're actively participating, which we've already uncovered on this production. I mean, they're letting the school raise the kids and stuff, and that's a problem onto its own. But basically, to rehabilitate the bullies, if, bullies, if most of them are going to become criminals, if that bottom line summary, uh, just take 30 seconds to tell me, so what do we do with those bullies? Give them to me. Please give them to me. All of them to me. (laughs) Because for me, it all it always comes down to the same thing. For me, it's all about that empowerment piece. And those bullies, despite the fact that, you know, we've we've jokingly said about putting them across your knee or whoever. When you can get them to connect with the part of them that they're looking for and they're trying to find through disempowering other people, 
when you can help them find that it will all disappear because they will find the thing inside of them that is what they're searching for on the outside and it isn't going to be found on the outside well, it is always in. i i gotta tell you yvette uh, you, you're one of the most passionate powerful people that understand you and jenna both understand the human psyche like nobody i've met i'll tell you you know uh, mm -hmm. the two of you are just amazing how you just uh, yeah understand the human psyche in such a way it's it's profound mm -hmm. really yeah, um, I, I don't know, Doctor V. I just I'm I'm flabbergasted I, all the time. I know, I know. They're they're awesome, awesome women. I I hear their energy and feel their energy and and see the you know and hear what they're saying because it does make so much sense and they package it in such a way that it can empower the masses. And I like what Yvette said because you know you think about people having the ability to work with the human psyche in such a way that can transform the life to keep that person that bully from one day going into the penal system. Mm -hmm. That is right. that is an awesome work. It's an awesome work. Well, you know, after you listen to the show a few times, friend, you then begin to realize that, well, maybe we should allow the women to rule the world, huh? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we talked about political leaders coming from this show and others, but, you know, maybe it is time to, as I think we said a couple of times on this show, the men sometimes have not done quite the most spectacular job. Sorry to, show, to throw the whole species or the gender under the bus there, but in any event, <laughs> it always comes back to that, doesn't it, in some sort of warped way in the, the political sphere of influence here. Um, I learned something new on this production about uh, really the empowerment of people and that you really don't give up on them, but you connect through to them and, and there's an energy in them and you, you've just got to find that divide and fix that divide, I think is what I'm hearing. And so that does leave some hope for the human race after all, friends. So life, liberty, the pursuit of pleasure. We thank you for being here and uh, catching the show every day at seven days a week. We do this stuff. We are just totally out of our minds here. <laughs> We'll see you back again tomorrow here. Yvette Taylor, Dr. Faye Wilson, Jenna Smith. This is Malcolm Out Loud to be continued.